0: Um. All right. So I basically looked up every member of Biden's cabinet, and I specifically wanted to focus on uh, the women and diverse figures that he had included, because some of his earliest campaign promises were to have uh, the most diverse cabinet of all time across yeah. history. And um, he he has reached that. He's still at like the bottom threshold of that. Like, I mean, he's got one more person than Bill Clinton did. And uh, Obama had tied Bill Clinton's record. So he didn't blow it out of the water, but he's on track. But he did. He still has the most. Yeah, and there is a few more positions still for him to decide on, but um, they're very likely going to old white dudes. Well. What can you do? Yeah,
1: (laughs) They still have to have some positions, I guess.
0: Yeah, but I did want to see who he had selected and kind of a bit of their history and just, you know, learn about them. So that's what I researched. One of those positions was um, ambassador to the United Nations. It's Linda Thomas-Greenfield, who is a uh, career diplomat and like a foreign envoy person who's been working abroad for um, the United States government for like decades now. She's worked in Switzerland and Liberia and all sorts of strange places. And um, Liberia is actually where she met her husband. She'll be the second African-American woman to serve as ambassador. Okay. Yeah. Um And then just kind of about her like a bit more, she grew up um, in a pretty segregated town called Baker, Louisiana in the 1960s. And there was like tons of KKK activity back then. So she really grew up kind of seeing the effects of that and the racism um, firsthand. Also, her parents, um, their education ended quite early. So we're talking grade three and grade eight. They didn't get through those years. But that didn't stop Linda. She... Eventually ended up getting a master's in public administration from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And then she briefly taught political science before leaving the country to be a foreign diplomat.
1: Nice. So she has that ambassador to the United Nations role.
0: Yeah. Uh, people no. are pretty excited about it because she has good relations abroad. So it, they're, they're talking like as if it's fit. a good choice. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, one of the more major roles, uh, this one's always a cabinet position, but the secretary of the treasury... Mm -hmm. Biden has selected Janet Yellen, and she will be the first woman in that role.
1: Interesting. Mm -hmm. And what makes her qualified for that role?
0: Well, she was the uh, 15th chair of the Federal Reserve. She was also the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. And she's been a board member of the Federal Reserve uh, on and off since like 1994. So she's definitely like a a finance person, understands things like that. Um, If I had to say something negative about her, not that I'm trying to be ageist, but she is quite old, only two years younger than the oldest president ever, Joe Biden. <laughs> so, yeah, she's 76. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was a big one. And then also Secretary of the Interior, Biden chose Deb Holland, um, And she's a really interesting character as well. So Holland became one of the first two Native American women ever elected to Congress. Um, it was her and uh, Democrat Sharice Davids, who was actually an MMA fighter, and she's oh, the wow. first openly gay Congresswoman of like ever from Kansas.
1: And were they the first two, and they were elected this year?
0: Um, that was actually 2018. Okay. In that election, um, when they both made it into Congress, and and, and now, now she's going to leave her position in Congress to to join the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a member of the Laguna Pueblo tribe, and she also put herself through university. She actually graduated just four days before giving birth to her daughter, who she had to raise as a single mother and had some financial hardship, but eventually made a pretty great career in politics. She got a Juris Doctor in Indian Law from the University of New Mexico School of Law. She never took the bar because she immediately just became the um, first chairwoman of a development business that they created to strengthen the Laguna community. And after that, she volunteered for Barack Obama's 2012 campaign, where she was the head of the. uh, Well, she was the director for the Native American New Mexico Vote. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she was kind of involved in politics there with Obama, and then more recently, she was the chair of the Democratic Party of New Mexico. Mm, Nice. And from that, Congress, and now cabinet.
1: Perfect. Awesome.
0: Now another uh, visible minority that Biden chose uh, is Marcia Fudge. She will be the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. But this is a position that will require Senate approval, so she's not officially in that role yet, but again, like nine times out of ten, they're approved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, she's been serving uh, in the House of Representatives since 2008. She has chaired the Congressional Black Caucus and was a mayor in Ohio for eight years. Okay. Mm -hmm. She also has a Juris Doctor uh, in Law from Cleveland State University and fudge what's interesting about her is like she happily accepted the position but she had already publicly campaigned for a different role in the cabinet she wanted what role? she wanted to be the secretary of agriculture oh wow the reason is she actually has experience in agriculture and food um and she feels a little bit that uh when the people choose like black members for their cabinet they just stick them in um housing and urban development or labor for
1: and not whatever to, yeah. Yeah.
0: you know Um, inherent racist reasons potentially in an interview with Politico she this is a quote she said um, as this country becomes more and more diverse we're going to have to stop looking at only certain agencies as those that people like me fit in and um, for instance the director sorry the Secretary of Agriculture went to Tom Vilsack who was Obama's Secretary of Agriculture after a failed presidential run in 2008 and he's kind of just a whatever average old white guy as well.
1: Which may make some sense because Uh, he's already had the role and obviously Definitely he probably has worked closely with Joe Biden in the past in that role. So that does kind of
0: make sense. Um she worked on the House Agriculture Committee. She chaired the House Nutrition Subcommittee. So she certainly had like um a lot of experience with that role as well and that that's the one she wanted. But again she's just gonna be housing and urban development. Interesting. Okay, the next female appointee in Biden's cabinet is Jennifer Granholm. She is a graduate of Harvard Law School. And her fun fact is that she successfully prosecuted 151 of 154 people that she tried um, as assistant attorney general Mm -hmm. in Michigan. And a lot of the cases she worked on were early internet crimes cases, like child pornography and stuff. So those are some of the people that she successfully prosecuted. But... Having nothing to do with that at all, she will be the Secretary of Energy. And the reason that she's going to go into that role is because during the financial crisis, um, she was the governor of Michigan at the time, and she pushed for clean energy development while working with the Michigan auto industry. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, her career history, she, uh, Harvard Law, then uh, Assistant Attorney General, then she was elected as Attorney General. Following that, she became the governor of Michigan. Nice. Um, And then Biden's U.S. trade representative will be Catherine Tai. She is another American attorney from the Harvard Law School. She's currently the chief trade counsel for the House Ways and Means Committee, which is um, the top tax rating committee in the U.S. House of Representatives. So they kind of have jurisdiction over taxation and tariffs and revenue raising. Um, And then they're also in charge of like unemployment and Medicare and things like that. She was chief of that committee, and she's very highly spoken of. People said that she is really smart, knows a ton about trade, and she played a really significant role in negotiations with the Trump administration regarding Mm -hmm. the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement, the USMCA agreement. Yeah, so she, she did a great job with that, apparently. She's got like an encyclopedic knowledge of trade, and she advocates for stronger labor provisions.
1: Well, it sounds like that's a really good fit for that role in particular. Yes. So that's that's good.
0: In several cases, um, the Biden administration's already been criticized for like putting people in roles that don't necessarily make sense, like outside of their experience. Um, for example, the. Um,
1: Housing Marcia urban. Fudge. Yep.
0: Now, also, Catherine Tai's position will require uh, Senate approval too. And if she is named, which is again very likely, she will become the second Asian American woman to be named to Biden's cabinet. Um, a third, if you count Kamala Harris, who some people are not counting. A lot of, like, for instance, people are giving more attention to her um, African-American heritage and kind of calling her only the first black vice president of the United States and not yeah. anything else. Yeah, um, not the other yes, aspects of the she, heritage. Yes, she technically... She's totally both. Yeah. But people just aren't paying as much attention to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there would be three. Now, there's been pressure on Biden as well to continue diversifying, not to just end here. Um, there, she, he's had pressure to put uh, Julie Sue as the Secretary of Labor. Now, Julie Sue is currently in charge of labor in the uh, state of California, but she's been kind of criticized because they're not really doing well financially. So she's been under a lot of criticism, and people say mm. that she shouldn't, she should clean up California's mess before. Taking on the whole country? Yeah. So she's been attacked publicly for that, but as far as I know, is doing the best she can. Now, um, Biden has several other options for this role, including Bernie Sanders, which isn't likely. Bernie said he, he's publicly said he'd be willing to do it, but if he leaves, um, the Democrats will have an even slimmer majority in the Congress. So it's very unlikely. And also, I don't think um, Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are necessarily close. I don't know that. He yeah, I saying. haven't
1: gotten that impression mm-hmm. necessarily either. Yeah. So if they take a cabinet role, how does that affect the numbers in the Congress?
0: So they just won't be serving in Congress during the length of the administration. So that would just be like minus one Democrat. To the...
1: That's so interesting. Congress, so if they yeah. already have a small Then you wouldn't majority. want to choose a ton
0: of Democrats who are Congress people. You might just choose um, senators or somebody else.
1: Okay. Yeah. And have all the uh, cabinet positions we've talked about so far, have they been specifically Democratic um, people yeah, or members so of far. Congress so far?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So with Obama, he had three, uh, I believe three Republicans in his cabinet, which... But that was the most ever. That, uh, yeah, I heard that, like that was the
1: most ever.
0: Uh, was
1: yeah, I heard Obama had the most Republican representation in the cabinet. Um, so I guess he had the most opposing members ever uh, for cabinet positions. And so you have seen that Joe Biden has.
0: Joe Biden has the most women and people of color in his cabinet. Ever.
1: But what about but how many Republicans does zero he have? zero but he might have one contender.
0: There is still a few to be chosen, and there was a few in contention who did not make it. There was a Republican in contention for um, Secretary of Commerce, but that ended up going to uh, Gina Raimondo, the Rhode Island governor, um, who was a Democrat. So it's looking like it's going to be zero for Biden's go-around here. Interesting. Yeah, so... And then also with the Secretary of Labor, so who's in contention right now, Julie Sue, and then also his longtime friend, the Boston mayor, Marty Walsh. Um, Walsh has been like a union member and leader for a lot of years. And that's when him and Biden became acquainted. Um, so if Walsh is appointed, it's certainly not going to like increase the diversity, but it will be an ally of Joe Biden's. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. There's also pressure to, uh, put Patrick Garland in charge, who was the ambassador to South Africa under Obama. Uh, and that would diversify the cast as well. He, for which he's African American, uh, still for the Secretary sure. of Labor. And that kind of just harkens back to um, really only black cabinet members get stuck with housing and urban development or labor. So if that happens, it will just be another instance of not diversifying the actual roles that people of color are getting. Yeah,
1: you're just putting them in the, the classic roles that they've created.
0: Exactly. Been put in exactly. Um, so moving on. Biden's director of national intelligence will be Avril Haines. Now, this one's kind of a interesting... Yes, I've heard about this Yeah, she's interesting. So um, she she would be a woman, adding to kind of the gender equality that they're at least attempting to aim for in this cabinet. But she does have a controversial history. Um, She's heavily criticized for deadly drone killing policy, um, foreign policy for the United States, because she was kind of involved in writing it. And apparently they would call her in the middle of the night occasionally to get her to sign off on drone strikes and wow. she would give them the go ahead whether they could kill people or not. And It's like an intense call
1: to wake up to in the middle of yeah, the night.
0: Supposedly that was really her role was to kind of be like, yes, it's okay to hit this suspected terrorist. But again, if you'll remember, the U.S. hit some places like hospitals, mm-hmm. which almost certainly did not have any uh, terrorists in them. Wow. Yeah, weddings and schools were also targeted. So the intelligence isn't always there, and the policy is certainly seems to be strike first, ask questions later.
1: So her role prior to this was to give the AOK to. Yeah, what she was,
0: um, she was the Deputy National Security Advisor from 2015 to 2017 for Obama. But before that, when she was involved with more of the drone strike stuff, she was the fourth Deputy Director of the CIA. And that was also an appointment coming from Barack Obama. Um, And then she became the first woman ever to hold the office of deputy director. Now, in 2015, one of her other controversies was that she was tasked with deciding uh, what the punishment should be and whether there should be punishment for CIA operatives that had hacked into Senate staffer computers to Mm. have a look at the um, Senate Intelligence Committee report on CIA torture. So they were doing a report on the CIA's torture, determining, you know, And its they took a look ethics. at it themselves. Yes, the CIA broke in, they hacked through the back end of the computers and stole the report.
1: So what did she decide was... No punishment. Ooh, no
0: punishment yes. at all. She did not punish, men, punish them, and she had to overrule the CIA inspector general who wanted to.
1: Uh, does she have any defense for her position, out of curiosity, like...
0: National security. (laughs) The same as everyone else that's pro-CIA torture (laughs) and drone strikes. Now, um, she also had another kind of interesting thing. So uh, one of Donald Trump's nominations was uh, Gina Haspel as the CIA director. And she was a woman, so... It's not common to have female CIA directors. It's there's not a long history of that, but uh, Avril Haines really supported Haspell and spoke out in favor of her in the media. But Haspel herself has a ton of controversy. Um, specifically, she destroyed video evidence of CIA torture because there was a cover up, and she was <laughs> heavily involved. So she she um, she supports waterboarding and destroyed CIA video of. Waterboarding. Wow. <laughs> and then Avril Haines said her unparalleled uh, knowledge of the CIA and intelligence in general is why she is certainly the right choice for a CIA director. And Trump did choose her.
1: Okay. So now we've had two women in this role back to back.
0: Yeah. So just sort of to explain, Gina Haspel is the um, director of the CIA appointed by Trump. And Avril Haines will be the director of national intelligence in Biden's cabinet. Who, and she is a, like a, her career is in the CIA. Yeah. Okay. But she won't be, she won't be working for the CIA during this um, cabinet position term. Yeah. Okay. So for at least four years. Yeah. And then, yeah, sort of on a lighter note, without any killings, Neera Tanden will serve as the director of the Office of Management and Budget. This is another position that uh, requires Senate approval, though. Um,
1: Management and Budget. Is that yes, what you, yeah. Office
0: of Management and Budget. She's going to be the first woman of color and the first South Asian uh, to fill the role. She's a CEO of a left-leaning think tank. It's called the Center for American Progress. And um, under the Obama administration, she worked in the Affordable Care Act. Um, and she's just kind of like a high-ranking member of the Department of Health and Human Services. So that's kind of how she ended up working on the Affordable Care Act. She's also known as like a Clinton loyalist. She's a really close friends with Hillary Clinton, so some people do criticize her for that. Um, she was a campaign advisor to Obama and Hillary Clinton, mm. and she went all the way with Clinton before moving to the Obama campaign when they were actually successful. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so her role was basically just going to be uh, helping to prepare the administration's budget proposal to Congress. They also do regulatory reviews that are proposed by like various agencies. All right, so Cecilia Rouse will fill the role of the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors. Um, she's leaving her role as dean of the Princeton School of Public and International Affairs. She supposedly really, really loves that job, and it's kind of like not the happiest to have to go, but she says because of the financial impacts of COVID-19, she has to leave that position because she can help more. She in can this do new more, and yeah, yeah. So what she's going to be is um, chair of the same council she used to serve on because she was actually an economic advisor for Bill Clinton. She holds a Ph.D. in economics from Harvard. And interestingly enough, her mother-in-law is award-winning author Toni Morrison. Oh, wow. Yes.
1: That is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she married
0: uh, Toni Morrison's son. So, yeah. So she's going to be the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors. Now, in addition to these official cabinet positions Joe Biden has named, he's also named the first ever entirely female communications team. So he's getting a lot more women into advisory roles. He's Mm -hmm. named at least seven female advisors, including Gina McCarthy, who will be coordinating the climate agenda. Um, And she was actually the head of the Environmental Protection Agency during Obama's second term. So that's how she has this role now. Mm -hmm. And then another really important one for right now is the director of the Center for Disease Control. So Biden has chosen Dr. Rochelle Walensky. She's a professor of medicine at Harvard. She is the chief of infectious diseases at Massachusetts General Hospital, and she's been on the front lines of the COVID-19 response since February. So she's certainly, ha- she's certainly up to speed with like what needs to be done. Um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's going to be continuing his role in Biden's um, administration has spoken out that she's like the right choice and he's happy with her. He supports her.
1: Well, that's good. Hopefully mm-hmm. they can work well together.
0: Yeah, she's going to be just the third woman ever in history to lead the CDC.
1: Okay, so can you give me the total number of women that have so far been named or are waiting to be named, uh, waiting mm-hmm. upon the Senate to be named uh, in Joe Biden's cabinet? So
0: I believe uh, now that Gina Ra- Raimondo has just been chosen, um, it's 11 now. Okay. And Clinton and Obama were both tied for nine. Biden had them beaten at 10 and then just recently named Raimondo to uh, Secretary of Commerce. Okay. So he should be at 11 out of 25 now. Yeah, and that's, that's all the members of Biden's cabinet that we have here. And we'll have to keep an eye on how they handle their jobs and um, if they will be able to stay away from that criticism that some of them don't have the right experience for the roles they were chosen for. But at this time, um, we're really getting ramped up here. So it looks like Biden's administration is going to hit the ground running now.